Welcome to the Kiwi Cuts podcast. Today's guest is Henry Hagerty of Walkabout and West Cork Burger. Welcome. Thank you, Kieran. Um, so, talk to me. This is my first scissors cut, and for everyone that's listening, both of us have no questions, no nothing planned. We're just going off the cuff because Henry came in last week and asked for a haircut. I said, Do you mind waiting until today? And he was like, One thing we're not doing is having no questions. So, everything's off the cuff, so it's going to be a bit funny, a bit of fun, a bit of laughter, a bit of banter as always. Uh, first of all, before we get chatting and asking a few bits and pieces, plow the hair. Just make it short and sweating in the tents, baby. <laughs> right, no worries at all. Um, so, Henry, uh, give us a brief outlook of who you are, where you're from. Obviously, I know you're from Bantry, but like I know you're from a young age, but let everyone else know what you do, where you're from. I suppose I'm Bantry man, born and bred. I was educated in Newbridge College in County Kildare. Um, I have a wife, three children, one child, very imminent, <laughs> and I run a couple of businesses, West Cork Burger Company, Walkabout, Airstream Catering and Events Limited. Very fast and brief, but to the point as always. Um, so, talk to me about earlier life, right? I suppose I'm, I know you threw your father from the start off with when he was coaching me rugby with Bantry Bay. Um, rugby, before life of working full-time and never getting a break rugby yeah i suppose i met kieran when he was about 14 when he was a budding monster rugby player um i started playing rugby at 11 or 12 years of age in bandon rugby club bantry didn't have an underage setup at the time uh, my father was big big into rugby so i got sent off to newbridge college in kildare where he was on the last senior cup winning team there and he was hoping i was going to bring a medal back to bantry but unfortunately i didn't yeah. But uh, that's where I got into rugby, I suppose, big time was Newbridge. I, I kind of didn't realise that I was in school to be doing exams. I thought I was a rugby player. And uh, I continued after school, played at CIT, got a sports bar three, three or four years out in Cork Con. was in a car crash and haven't played rugby since. Did a bit of coaching in Bantry underage for three years until I had my third child and my wife said, well, you can wait till, I, uh, <laughs> till the lads are playing rugby before you can train again. Which is uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Because we do work all the time and there's no kind of family life balance at the moment, unfortunately. But it's, that it's, it's, it's part of the start of a business. And I feel even there, even with me, just since I've taken up venturing on this, it's trying to get that balance is possibly the hardest part of... It's impossible when you yeah. start the business from scratch to get the balance at the start anyway. And unfortunately, I've started three of these things. Um, so the work-life balance is kind of out the window at the moment. But we're actually getting a little bit better at the moment. Two sole traders starting off, your son Levy. Yeah, she's yeah. her own business, I have my own business. Um, she works probably more in my businesses and doing favours for me than she does in her own businesses, unfortunately for her businesses. Which is, you know, it's, we credit you towards that as well, we're trying to raise a family at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so we're working at everything together. We have kitchens close to the house, sheds at the side of the house. If you drove past my house, you could see 20 catering units in the yard. There's never a shortage, yeah, so we're always working. Um, so, like, your first time when they came across after rugby was on a Friday at, at after school or coming down at lunchtime with uh, Ian and Kevin and the boys draw for walkabout. Um, where did love for Thai food come along, Thai street food? Because it's, it, it's a difference to, compared to what... Uh, we've all had 
<laughs> bad type food we, like we, where and we've all had three in one in the Chinese as well and a spice bag but <laughs> I suppose when I was young my parents had a kind of a delicatessen and bantry and butcher shops and they used to sell it all sorts of different products in Barry's supermarket it was known as it shut since 2002 but they had a Dutch couple used to mind us after school uh, she was half Indonesian, half Dutch. The man was Dutch. She used to cook Indonesian food for me and my brother after school every day. So that's where we got the taste for it, I suppose. Um, I was then trying to figure out what I was doing with my life, which I'm probably still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> I ended up down in uh, Melbourne and I ended up eating Vietnamese beef noodle soup and uh, changed my mind about everything. And I wanted to pursue some career in Asian food, so I spent a few years researching it. I went back down to Melbourne in 2008. I'd been there for a year and a half, around 2004 and five, and down to 2008, just solely to learn about Vietnamese and Thai food. With a view of coming back to Ireland to opening a restaurant in Cork City, by the time I came back, the country had fallen down. So I decided to head off out to Bangkok. My wife was doing a Chinese acupuncture course in, in 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 China, and she was working in a hospital there. So I went to Bangkok and did a full time chefing course through the Ministry of Education in Thailand, and came back still with a view of opening a restaurant. But unfortunately, that dream was uh, quickly culled by the economic state the country was in. So I went back to Thailand again, and I bought a forty foot container container full of cooking equipment and started cooking curries on the street in Bantry. And just started here. We are, but yeah, because it's it's kind of crazy to think that. Job opportunities, how I suppose government or what way the economy can be can decide how like, I don't even this well, industry like you look at how many how many barbershops are uh, everywhere. Uh, Show so many break a window. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I suppose you you you're a Glengarriff man, so there was a, a fire on a boat out in Glengarriff about ten years ago. If you remember that, three people were well, killed. Willie Harmon. Willie Harmon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't that, for kill. That was my second, the funeral was on a Friday, my second or third time doing Bantry Market and one of the head ladies from the examiner was there covering the story and she came over at the time, I used to have tables and chairs outside the stall and everything trying to make any bit of an atmosphere outside there to try and coax anybody in to buy a curry and she was very impressed with the food and she asked me would I mind doing an interview for the examiner and the echo and that was grand, I did that and the following week on page 16 there was me after opening this Thai food business which everybody was laughing at at the time. And on the following page, there was an article about 57% unemployment in Bantry. So, there's two contradicting stories right there. Very inter- <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, but, I'd like, but 10 years later, we're still cooking Thai food on the street. Exactly, that's the way you have to look at it. Right? Everyone has their ups and downs with it. Like, John, what have you found at the moment has been the most lesson learned with Joe Walkabout before we get into burgers and all that? What's been there? Well, walkabout, the best lesson I learned there is that you're the chef and you're the server right in front of the customer and you're not in the back of the dungeon looking at a corner where you can't find out what the customer thinks about the food. You get to find out immediately what they think about the food. And then if they come back the following week, you get to see them come back the following week. Whereas if you're in a restaurant starting out, you just don't see the customer. No. Generally, no, in our restaurant in West Cork, we have an open kitchen, so you do. But that's, we took that from the market setup because it's nice to see the customer, it's nice to interact with the customer, it gives you a different kind of a vibe. It you know, it gives you a better sense of satisfaction if you see the customer eating a burger or eating a Thai food, which they enjoy and you get you see them enjoying it. You know, that makes it all much, much more worthwhile. It's not just about the cash, it's like 
you know, you want to see them enjoying it as well, like, because, like, cash is, king. <laughs> cash is king, like, but there's no point in cooking something or doing something that you don't like, you know, our philosophy is if we wouldn't, if I wouldn't eat the food myself, I wouldn't sell it, so. Interesting, right. yeah. Of course, I have to leave my phone on. Yeah, well, I turn mine off. <laughs> right, um, yeah, when you look at it there, would, like, start out in West Cork, like, how, like, I think that's where I started as well, starting in Glengarry, like it was out of the out of the dining room inside the parents' house, like great at the start, like I just felt that like I had did you find it like how you've moved from Walkboat and then had to open up in the city or like Well I I tried to open up in Bantry but I just couldn't get it together. It wasn't my fault, it was just it just didn't work out. Premises, leases, fire certs, all this sort of crap. You know a lot of fire certs. Fire certs I could I could be a fire officer at this stage. So that's why I moved to the city. You know, there was uh, my, my two partners, Michael Toomey and Keen Bradley. We, you know, we saw this opportunity in the city that, you know, there was an event center. The sod turned. We went to <laughs> <laughs> some event center, some costly sod turning. But uh, we went looking at premises in that area, close to the, close to the event center, trying to get in before the rents went nuts. Um, I went and looked at that place that I'm in now on the middle of May 2016. Still no event centre. Uh, no, look, there is going to be 1,500 students close by soon. Yeah, which is great. Do you see, like, even South Main Street there, John? Like, that's been kind of depleted in the last couple of years. Like, the only thing that I've seen recently open there, Judges Down, is that is the Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you see, look, everybody was keen to take buildings on there and then it all stalled because of the event centre and I'm sure if the event centre happens, that street will be a boom. Uh, oh, it'll be boom. Like, but, you know, you'd want an event centre to be taking the punt at this stage because otherwise yeah. you're just going to be wasting your money. Like. Correct, yeah. Um, I suppose, like, you start off with street, you know, street food festivals. Yeah. That's another huge thing that... I suppose I've seen like even last year seeing it body and soul and stuff like that but don't like even listening to you there talking about other festivals that you've done how has that impacted and like look I, I'm not keen on music festivals like for food festivals because 100% yeah. of the people turn up to a food festival to eat whereas for, in, food, uh, yeah. for food music festival you just don't know what you're dealing with um, yeah. and the pitch fees are too high yeah. for a start but like look it's all brand awareness we don't get into this I didn't get into any of these businesses to make money in three weeks you know, they're long-term things. They're to give my children a choice whether they want to work or not. When they're older, you know, that's why I get out of bed to work every day. Like, so, you know, the more things you go to, the more consumers you touch, the more reason you give them to discriminate in your favour. You know, over over the long term, all we're doing is trying to build a brand and build a customer base. Yeah. Uh, like, as well, that's how it's, it's, it's rep, isn't it? It's all reputation. It's a big... Yeah, and your reputation can be gone in one day. That's, that's, you know? one, that's one thing that I find as well here. Like, you could do 10,000... Unbelievable cuts. Yeah. One bad cut. Yeah. Then like, everyone knows what it's, it's like. It's. I hate saying it, but like it's it's, it's it's Irish perspective instead of being. Well, it's just it's it's just social media to be honest with you because nowadays people like that didn't exist ten years ago. Well, it did, but it didn't exist to the extent it does now. But like people in our restaurants, for example, I'd rather of course if people if customers had a problem that they'd just. Come, come to the waitress come to the person straight away but like nowadays a lot of people just hop on the computer and just vent their anger online which is you know which is grand but like you must understand that 
at the other side of that computer dealing with that complaint is a human being you know yeah. inside in the kitchen there's a chef who takes pride in what he does who's also a human being and he's got feelings and you've got waitresses who you know it's not the easiest job in the world it's a very hard job because nowadays you press your button on google and you get the answer to everything straight away like and people expect their food straight away and they expect their service straight away but like you don't know what's happening in that girl's life that day before she comes to work you know nobody does but like if she's good enough to turn up to work and give it 50 percent, 80 percent, whatever she can give on the day that's good enough for me because you can't be 100 percent every day no correct but it's just you know social media trip advisors all these things like they're great you know and they're, they're great in one sense that they get customers in the door but they're terrible in another sense when people use them the wrong way yeah um, i even looked at their like jobs because the only thing i really use google for myself is for people getting direction here and like i seen one from there like Tom thing he goes gives it three stars i pass by it like you're like yeah, 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 you know, yeah, you're turning yeah, around yeah, and you're yeah, like you're saying then another fella then come and then you say oh, I passed here and like I had a cleaner in just give it like one big clean there two two or three weeks ago and she changed the sign on the, the door saying to open close open just something very small that just happened when purely by accident like and a fella putting up then came here no one here shop closed it was on a Tuesday and it was like if you look at my hours I work a Wednesday to a Saturday and you're like just commenting on it and you're like can you not keep your peace or look up what is stated actually on the business and it's yeah look look you don't know what's going through people's heads we we, we gave out a thing last we, we started doing milkshakes in the burger bar last last week yeah. so last thursday we wednesday night i think thursday all day we put up posts on instagram facebook we we're giving free burgers or free milkshakes between one and seven p.m how many people came in at half a seven and we loads of them and we gave it to them anyway right but on the Friday morning, I got in, we, I woke up Friday morning to go into Bantry Market at about half past seven, and the first message I looked at was from a, from a dude who goes, we've this chatbot thing where we send out offers to all our customers that are on it, yeah. and we've 14 or 1500 of them on it, and he said, thanks for the free milkshake, your burgers are shit. What? You know, so like, and that was it. I don't even think he's ever been into the restaurant, because when we look back through his, through his page, he hasn't we've sent about five euro vouchers he's never redeemed any of them in the restaurant so you know that's that's just the nature of things so i don't know Talking about, like just the influence of your parents like oh you know, your mother was a counselor just she's only recently finished up with that now um your father being the only thing i just remember parents said like these they had the shop where paddy bowers was in Mantra, wasn't it? the supermarket yeah. there and where quills is they had another shop there so they had a you know the sweet shop in there bakery they had a sandwich bar in there, even before Subway, it was called Sandwich Craft. She used to get, <laughs> she used to get subs in there, just Football. like, yeah, yeah, this is back in the 90s. Um, then they had, they used to use it as a team shop for like chocolate shop for Christmas, hamper shop, Easter egg shop, many different things. Can I look at my phone for two seconds? Yeah. I'm fucking some plastic in, you know. Huh? Cards full from that. Is that right? Are we off again? Yeah, I will just be using the microphone because I cards full from that. So. Um, yeah, so like, do you think they've played a, a huge part of what your business and where oh, you are today? Oh, 100%. Um, my parents are always into food, they're still into food. You could still see them working at my stalls at any point or anywhere That's in the country. Do you know? So, uh, everything I know about food, I learned from them initially. Like, you know, I would have 
tasted all types of food as a child and obviously I developed my own skills and palate from you know branching out and going you know when I was you know when they were young flights were expensive when I was young you could fly anywhere in the world for peanuts yeah so it was nearly you could fly from Cork to Cork to Amsterdam or Cork to Barcelona or Cork to Greece for cheaper and you get the bus down from Cork to Bantry yeah you know so it's, it's, it, it became it made different markets different you know cultures different cuisines much more accessible to people our age so I suppose I would have broadened my horizons due to cheap flights and travel uh, dish wise what is your favourite uh, Thai dish that you my favourite Thai dish would probably be papaya salad and grilled chicken very very simple but tasty Interesting. I don't think I've had it or eaten. Yeah. No. I, um, I do cook it at times when I'm mainly for catering events at home. Yeah. But, uh, uh, noodle soups, Thai noodle soups, just Thai salad soups. I'm a protein and salad man. I'm not a huge carb man. I, I don't really like noodles. I love rice, but I don't eat as much of it as I used, used to. to. But I just love crunchy veg, spicy sauces, and protein. Yeah, I suppose the one thing I used, I used to remember there is we, I used to always be on a Friday lemon and herb and we got to the stage then that uh, Henry was like get some get yeah. something a bit more fucking hotter like oh, it's not this is not good enough and you're working your way up to the chicken chili basil with actually asking for extra chilies after in the end then as well it was uh, I suppose you were the first person to introduce me to to Thai food correctly like uh, or Properly. Well, like you'd, I'd subconsciously take people's orders at the stall and bantry still. And there recently there was a customer I said, Have you been eating lemongrass chicken for eight years? And they said, Chicken chili basil. And then I handed them lemongrass chicken and I was like, Well, you just asked for chicken chili basil, didn't you? And they were, yeah, I was thinking about having a change today, but I'll take that. I said, No, no, I'll eat that myself if you're going to have the chicken chili basil because change is great. Yeah, it's the way, it's the best. Like, I even look at it there. This is my first podcast on someone long hair. Do you know? <laughs> and I love doing long hair because I like I suppose I came from a hairdresser background that it's never it's it's always kind of short, short, short. Do you know, it's that's what I grew up with. Unfortunately for me I don't have a lot of time to get haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's spur of the moment generally. Yeah, Or when my wife tells me it's way too long, get it cut quick. She's you've got to listen to her and you're like, right, I better get it done now, it's time. Um so, West Cork Burger. Yeah. Bit of an introduction into that, and I suppose we heard a bit bits and pieces throughout there. West Cork Burger. I suppose we started. Um, we start. I suppose we've been cooking burgers a long time, just testing recipes. None, you know, just catering events. Anybody ask you for, can you do a barbecue? Should we? Can we never say no to work. Probably yeah. my biggest problem. Um. So we then have um, Michael Dooley the Mushroom Raccoon had this West Cork Wagyu group. Uh, they started running Wagyu cattle. We just thought it might be a nice concept to throw together an old burger bar, a couple of burger stalls, try and offset some of this meat. Um, a friend of mine from college, they used to play rugby with Keen Bradley. We pulled him on board. Um, he does a lot of the bacon, Irish bacon slices and Ballancolic, smokes it to our recipe, cures it. And um, we went off doing a few stalls, Cork summer shows, events like that. Uh, to see was there any bit of a, a demand for the brand we branded up a couple of stalls took on a lease in a building in cork had desperate trouble with fire officers and trying to get the place open it took seven or eight months 
remember that yeah because like I remember we, that time was like I remember putting up the sign like Joe, co- uh, coming, coming soon, soon. Paddy's weekend we going open was, we opened for the jazz weekend yeah it was the 15th of of um of March, March. I'll never forget it's Charlie's I was only working up around the corner and it was like so I was looking forward to it and all that and then yeah. like, I was just listening to all the fire off so I remember Kevin Holland was up one of the days helping you and all that out, like yeah yeah no it was turned out to be the ultimate disaster um, but look, look at it now though but yeah not. yeah look we're still we're still going we're, we're definitely not any richer <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're definitely a lot poorer I can tell you yeah. but uh, we're still we're still fighting which is the main thing. Um, see, recently, Joe, like your social media has taken a huge uh, increase and in popularity, and even the likes there, like Joe, been in once or twice there, and stories are going up, and Joe, the reply messages within seconds, like it's, it obviously I presume you're paying for social someone to help yeah. you with social media, but it's yeah, we have a guy Ryan Ahern, uh, Traction Media, yeah. so he's just. A, a young student, he's, he's younger than yourself, he's only 19. He came in one day, sent myself a key in the video. We looked at the video, we said, Geez, this fella's eager, and yeah. uh, we met him. You know, Keen said to him, It's very hard to get the two of us to sit down with anybody to talk, but we sat down and we talked to him. And we, you know, we were to and fro for a month or so, and we gave him a crack. And you know, it does seem to make a huge difference. Though. I look at there how it, important it's gone within. Oh, it's, it's social media is it's, it's insane the power of it if you know how to, to use it and what to do with it, it maybe we, break it also like it's it, annoying as well it does like. it does but look unfortunately people are, everybody's got a handheld device in their hand every day and they're looking at social media so it's there to be used I'm not very good at it my nine year old daughter has more of an idea about it than I do so that's why I've Ryan O'Hearn doing it yeah. not myself because uh, if I was doing it we'd be bankrupt yeah <laughs> It makes such a difference though, you can even see the presentation of your posts and stuff like that. There's one thing that I do have to credit to even see Joe, like your social how much you're Yeah, no, look look when we started he's grown us like double the amount of followers we have on, 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 on all outlets. Yeah. Um there's definitely people coming in the door from social media. A lot of the offers go out now only on social media. So if the people are coming in the door, it has to be working. Yes, that's true, that's true, yeah. Um Two weeks ago, was it? Two weeks ago, yeah. Burger, Burger Award? Burger Award, yeah. We, um, let's hear... Uh, we were shortlisted for the um, the best uh, burger in Ireland, gourmet burger in Ireland. So we didn't win the prize, but we um, we got the best in Munster. Uh, Handsome Burger in Galway won the overall award. Uh, I haven't had one of their burgers yet, but I've heard that they are fantastic which we will make a road trip one of these days we head up and we'll go up to Galway for the beer we'll really. go up to Galway for 11 burgers and a couple of bottles of beer and we'll drive home <laughs> <laughs> typical West Cork style right? yeah 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 uh, so, like I suppose you saw there now that you've like two businesses three businesses what I was saying well, yeah one kind of not well, like, like, I, like, I look at you as one of my mentors I view like down as one of my mentors mm-hmm. for business because obviously like I'm still young in the game as well and like Joe, you've gone through nicks and crannies that I haven't yet established but I don't want to because I want to learn from yeah you're better off learning from somebody else I can assure you that <laughs> but there's still pitfalls no matter what you do yes. like you can't avoid them what like young entrepreneurs people like that what like what what's your kind of well like my biggest problem right and. My, the biggest problem I have, and my wife and probably my family would attest to this, 
is that everything that comes into my head comes out of my mouth. And every idea that I have, I generally, instead of talking about it, I jump off the couch and I try it. Now, do you find that's being a chef as well, that you can guess? It's not even chefing, it's anything. Like, I could do anything, like, do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, uh, you know, sometimes I'm a kitchen porter, sometimes I'm a chef. I build all the kitchens for all of the outdoor events. Um, so I'm doing kind of everything, but it's like... I've no fear of, of failure and I've no fear of trying things to learn from them because if you go out there and you know you can talk about things all your life and you know as I said to you earlier on there before this thing started recording I said most friends of mine would conquer the, conquer the world on a couch but like you that's know the book you're going to bring out with you. get off the couch uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the underline that really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but genuinely most plans are hatched on a couch on a chair in bed late at night Driving in the car. Does, does your brain like I? That's what. Do the things that when you should be relaxed, or even driving there. Oh, the times that you come geez. up with ideas, and you wish you could have someone just to go. I take that down. I have a book. You could ask my wife. You could find me at four o'clock in the morning writing things down inside in the kitchen because if I don't empty my head, I can't sleep. And my head, as I explained to people, it's like a bad neighborhood. You wouldn't want to go in there alone. Fair enough. But it never shuts down ever. Yeah. Unfortunately for me. It's the hardest thing as well, because like, I look at their job, I, I just sometimes as well, doing podcasts there. I listen to podcasts kind of thing. That's one thing that yeah, I find relaxing. I, I, but they're all business oriented podcasts that I've been listening to. And like, I was listening there last night about uh, like how a, a, was it a 50, how a 50 pence t shirt turned into a 50 million dollar worth business. Like they're providing to all in the States and all that, to even NFL teams. And so like, didn't. There's just one or two things like that that sparked my head. It was like, right, to write that down, right? That could come in handy, Joe, even just a lesson learned to go, right? Something else, Joe, like, and add to the. Yeah, well, look, if you don't write things down, they're gone. Well, they might come back in two or three years' time, but if you have a load of stuff inside in your head and it's three o'clock in the morning and you can't sleep, like, yeah. if you get up and have a cup of tea and write down for 15 minutes what's going through your head, you go back up to bed and you'll be able to go to sleep. Otherwise, you stay there thinking about it, sweating for the next six hours, and then you have to get up with no sleep. How does your body stay warm? My body stays warm. That's a very good question. Because like, uh, I even find out, like, I got, I've been burnt out three or four times already. I, I, look, what, when I used to play sport, I could keep running all day for you. Um, with work, I just, I can, I don't, I, I figured out years ago that you don't need to sleep a huge amount, but like, you do need, to, I would, I would have to lie down because otherwise my back and my legs would hurt because I'm on my feet all the time. But like lack of sleep never killed anybody. No. Um, and what doesn't sleep though? Money. Money, never, money never sleeps. No. But like, look, it's, you know, it's not about money. It's, it's as per se, like you need money helps. Like, but it's just, I, I need to be challenged for myself. You know, I need to challenge myself a lot. Otherwise I get bored and boredom, you know, yeah. is, is of no use because when you're bored, you do anything. Exactly. And you get driven to winter. But like, I think that's why you have so much things going on though. Yeah, I, I, I keep things going because then like, look, what I learned from, you know, I, I spoke earlier about my parents, what I learned from working for them as a child was that I knew, you know, I was offered a family business to take over with no lo- no debts and no loans inside in the middle of the Bantry that I didn't want because I grew up working there and I realised, you know, well and good, it's a, it's, it's, it's a breadwinner, but it's a breadwinner that I'd be taking on just for the sake of taking it on to because the option is there the option is there but like you know what I learned from that is like the shop used to open at 7.30 o'clock in the morning and the first three customers you're going to have every day are the same people and they're going to ask you the same question is that bread fresh is that yeah. today's milk are those pork chops cut this morning 
And like that's mentally draining, do you know? So it may make us smile to him, but the question <laughs> isn't the same every day. It's oh, like, yeah, how's business? Monotony <laughs> break you down, like, and it's just I found that, that that just wasn't for me. That's why I set up the outside catering jobs because you see every town you go to, you see a different face. It's not the same face every day. And um, oh, how do you find like even setting up things there the whole time? And, like it's setting up things is an absolute, absolute pain. I've done it two or three times with you, and I know the hardest thing was the time was there was bad wind in Bantry hurricane like yeah well, like, nearly every Friday in Bantry it, 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 it <laughs> took off and ended up over by the anchor yeah. and <laughs> you turned to me like go in there and pull a point with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah look it's the setting up is the worst job we did a catering job last week uh, for a company Cognax out in Blackpool and I got out of bed in Bantry at about half past five and I drove to Cork with another young fella who worked with me for the day Aidan O'Driscoll who was in your class in school Madman and uh, we, we got to the we got, we, we got out to Ballancolloy we picked up bacon and Irish bacon slices we went into the restaurant we picked up the prep we were out there for half nine in the morning we set up built a kitchen cooked burgers cooked chips cooked salads served for one hour and we didn't leave there for five o'clock and we had to go back to the burger bar load stuff go out to a warehouse throw a few bits of equipment into it and drive back to Bantry for an hour of service wow see so, it's, it's the same like I look at their job People don't realize like George um job about digital content there like do people think just to get a post ready that like, oh sure, you can have that in ten seconds like, ten seconds it's it's, it, it's like do you even do a photo shoot or even like John just got married there recently do the photographs are the easiest it's like you cooking the burgers the easiest thing it's actually getting it's getting to cooking the burgers yeah. is the problem like yeah but look people as I said like you, you you could be there and you could have twenty people in a queue and people Christ you're cleaning up. And you'd be like, yeah, cleaning up what? Like, because there's 20 people in the queue. Like, I said, those staff behind there, they get paid. Like, and I said, yeah. the butcher gets paid for the meat. And I said, the veg man gets paid for the veg. And the gas isn't free. And I said, the tent that blew away last week, that was three and a half grand. You know, <laughs> we had to buy another one of them this week. Plus, I said, you haven't seen the last 20 hours that were done in the kitchen Wednesday and Thursday of all the prep and all the chopping that I did to get here. Yeah, it's it's the unseen work. But you know what it is? In long term, it's the most rewarding. Yeah, but sure, look, that's, you don't, you don't, you don't get anywhere in life without hard work and grind, like, you no. know? And like, I, do you think even the likes of you going to Newbridge, like for a certain, like, because I suppose we talked about a few minutes ago, before this, you, you talked about routine. You haven't had a routine since then. I haven't had a routine since Newbridge College, no. Um, it was great, best five years of my life, met my fucking, some of the best friends I've ever met in my life, you know, and they're still friends, and. No matter if you haven't seen them in two weeks or ten years, you go and meet them, and the minute you meet them, it's like you were back in boarding school together. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the years that you're forming as a person... Did you completely leave me, sir? I did? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I left the first year, and I went back and did it the second year. I went to New Zealand playing rugby for six months. But like right. the fellas that you meet in boarding school, when you're 13 to 18, they're the, they're the years you're figuring out what you want to do, who you yeah. are. You're, 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 you know, you're... Why are you looking at there when I, like... The camaraderie with it, like, I went up to the Ross Fair playing that final that time, and just seeing past pupils and everyone Every together, day, yeah, yeah. it was just, it was amazing to see, it was, it was... Yeah, I know, it's, it's, you're, you're like a family, like, you live together, you know everything that pisses one guy off, you know everything that excites another guy, you literally know everything about, ev- anybody you go to boarding school with, you will know every single thing about that person when you walk out the door there at 18 years of age. 
You probably know more about them than they, most of my friends up there probably know more about me than I know about myself. But then I think that's what makes it though, isn't it? It's one of them things, one of them loves that you'll. Uh, it's 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 a. It's a bond. It's a, it's a bond. It's a lifelong bond. Like it's I a look, friendship, like yeah. I even look at it there, Joe. Me coming to the city, and like when I was at the Munster rugby team there, Joe growing up in the underage, like I, those of them that I have clients coming in now. Joe, just through that. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's. And like you said, I saw Finine there. Was on your podcast there a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Like that, and like look at him now. Joe, even though the two of us used to be training the whole time together, and he went to Ross Cray, I took this, and he was like, right. It's both like yeah, both you're, awesome. you're, you're, you're cutting here, you know, to the best of your ability. And yeah. he then will be the best of his life. It's just your body, you're following your dreams, just exactly. in different, different avenues, different paths. True. Right. Thank you for coming in. It was a bit of fun. Looking forward to having a word with Um, Just with social media and stuff, we were just talking about there a minute ago. Just said, right, um, on Instagram as well, uh, make sure to follow um, at West, uh, West Cork Burger Company. And um, Henry, it's been great. Uh, Thank you, Fiona. This is the Kiwi Cuts podcast. Thanks for listening.